welcome to the League of Melanated Gentlemen podcast. My name is Spencer, and today, on this wonderful day to be alive, I have with me two gentlemen who are going to help me in reviewing one of the best things to happen in the TV verse. At least since Daredevil season one. <laughs> so, uh, feel free to introduce yourselves. Yeah, so you know me as normal, the irredeemable Big Jordan. Big and who Jordan. we have here? Uh, David. Um, a different David than the last David, but I have previously been on as they called me the ambassador. Um, luckily, Willis isn't here because I know he wasn't too thrilled with how the last episode ended um, with the draft, but we'll just move on from that. He's yep. going to have to be okay. Uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us, Mr. Percival. Uh, if you yep. are a longtime listener, then you know that Mr. Percival is an ambassador to the League of Melanated Gentlemen. We are happy to have you. Uh, you are welcome anytime. Uh, thank you for filling in. Uh, I know that we said on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z... However, if you're a fan of Dragon Ball Z, then you know that sometimes questions don't get answered on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. That's right. Brandon, we got to change his name to the Avatar for real now. Yeah. Because he's missing. Yeah, he's off doing things. And again, if he wants to talk about it when he's back, we'll see. Or not. <laughs> I don't know how he's going to feel. Yeah. So... Uh, today, we have a great topic for you. We are reviewing the third season of the Amazon Prime show, The Boys. And I, for one, had a great time watching it. Oh, loved it. It was uh, very good, in my opinion. And I, I'm sure that you've already heard me say the things I'm going to say about it. So, you know... I think that uh, we can just jump in because it's it's going to probably be a relatively dense episode. I'm going to go ahead and issue a hard spoiler warning for all of the boys up until now. Um, I will include comic books. We're not probably going to get very heavy into comic books. We may just like yeah, we'll some, see. There'll be some sprinkles of comic book, but just um, a little dash. Yeah, this will this will be more heavily on, of course, the third season and the previous seasons may be referenced as well um we did an episode already reviewing the first three episodes so we yep. will cover them but we're not going to give you a synopsis for them so uh let's just go ahead and jump in so we will start with the synopsis for episode four episode four is titled glorious five-year plan uh, so we open up the show in a similar with a similar uh, show to an old show called Soul Train, where we see Soldier Boy singing. Uh, we also see MMS watching this, and his PTSD slash OCD is starting to get more and more out of control. After Huey confronts confronts Butcher about the tent V that has been taken, Butcher tells him not to tell the other boys and to keep it a secret between them two. We also see Homelanders now on TV denying that Soldier Boy is a threat. Butcher is also meeting Little Nina for the first time, who we met through Frenchie. Uh, they discuss teaming up in order to find uh, a weapon to kill Homelander. 
uh, at the time, they don't know who what the weapon is. Um, we also see A-Train confront Ashley about the way Blue Hawk, which is another hero, uh, he, he's on the streets, how he treats people of color. We also see A-Train in a similar commercial, uh, very uh, similar to the Pepsi commercial with Kylie Jenner, if people remember that one. Uh, Maeve also reveals that Starlight has been trying to kill Homelander. Meanwhile, Starlight brings Supersonic up to speed, who is the contestant on the show. Kimiko uh, dresses, we see Kimiko dresses up real nice to take out a Russian guy and gang along with a weapon, well, different weapons that are all inspired by the Seven. And we'll get into what those weapons are later. Uh, after that, we see a press conference with Victoria Newman, where she calls out Stan Edgar which leads to him being removed from Vought. And then we also see Kimiko tell Frenchie that uh, she doesn't want to you know, work for Butcher anymore. Homelander and Stan Eckert have a conversation where Homelander thinks he has one up on Stan, but Stan tells him that he's just bad product um, and he will need him, more, and he needs him more than he needs Homelander. The boys break into the lab where they see Soldier Boy, which is the weapon they've been searching for. Uh, they also release Jamie the Hamster, which we'll talk about that too. Uh, then Huey ends up taking the temp V, which he gains the power to teleport. Um, and he loses his clothes somehow every single time. So they find out Soldier Boy is alive and they release him. And then he ends up blasting Kimiko with powers that takes away other super superpowers. And now we see that Kimiko isn't healing and she's dying. So yeah, that is episode four. That episode was crazy. Mr. Percival. It's a packed episode. I mean, that even just going through that, I was like, oh, yeah, all of that happened in one episode. Um, it is, I think Huey's uh, Tim V, his powers are definitely one of the funniest uh, <laughs> powers that are, have been given because it is something that, you know, in different shows, movies, whatever, unless they have a suit, like some kind of, you know, yeah. superhero suit that travels mm -hmm. with them. It is something you kind of just they don't do in most shows and movies. So I thought that was pretty funny how they actually just had him lose his clothes every time he teleports. Uh, and that is something I did not expect. I never thought about. And it was like, oh, yeah, if you kind of teleport, do your clothes go with you or what? Yeah. Well, and I I thought that. I guess in X-Men, because I had thought about that concept before, because I figured um, how does like teleporting work whenever you're teleporting other people or whenever you're teleporting stuff so i figured if something is touching you it will teleport with you which is why clothes also teleport because the only mm -hmm. person i could the point of reference that i had was nightcrawler um yeah. because everybody else that i thought of who teleports uses a portal in most cases but nightcrawler like bam bam now i'm here yeah so i figured and I've seen him teleport other people, so I figured, okay, if it's touching you, you're good. But then, yeah. why doesn't like the ground teleport if you're standing? So, yeah, it's going to get real technical right there, huh? Yeah, so that's 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 one of the things I have thought about in my time. So the fact that every time he teleported, he lost his clothes, I was like, yeah, that's uh, that's that's how that should probably go. Now, this episode, as you said, it was rich with uh content so one of the best things that i have seen is when stan edgar fearlessly 
says to Homelander, you are but bad product. Like, oh yeah, Giancarlo, that's that's his character. Like, that's what he does. Yeah, he is always a very charming, seemingly not terrible person. But then you realize, like, oh, this man is calculating and has no issue destroying like he he will go scorched earth if he has to mm-hmm. and yeah, he, i mean uh, he's always a character who maintains control of things and of course this show does a really good job of like i try to predict what's going to happen and i'm just all wrong just just they just oh they got me cuz I did not think that Newman was going to turn on Stan. I thought well, that's what I was gonna say. He was like, I expected her to do that. Like she did a good job. I'm just like, wow. Like he, <laughs> he already thought that ahead. Yeah. Stan's too much. Like Stan is, he's cold and calculating. And I, I love that. And I love when Giancarlo is that person. Like I loved him in Breaking Bad. So of course I love him here. He's, he's uh, excellent performance. He's not going to get an Emmy, but he should. Um, but there are a lot of Emmys to go out in this show, quite honestly. And there's some snubs, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, we don't need I, to necessarily get into that, but this... Uh, I, I completely agree with you when he's just talking to Homelander. And like he's just like, you're a bad product. Like he, For Homelander to be as scary as he is in this show, Stan Edgar does not care at all. Stan Edgar is... It, he does not have one fuck to give. <laughs> no, like no. The, the man is oh, he's it, it's so good. Uh but again, the actor they chose, that's who needed to be Stan Edgar. 100%. So yeah, like that's 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 right in his wheelhouse. And I think that it was very well done. So this is the Dude. last time we see Stan Edgar. As yeah. he is, right? Like we see other versions of him, but this is the last time we see him as he is. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So should we I would say, do y'all want to talk about that Pepsi commercial and how cheesy that was? Do y'all remember that? It was a direct pair. I yeah. Oh, it was, yeah. When, when it was happening, I was like, oh, they are that's not even subtle. Like this season, there are no subtle uh no the things references no, at all yeah no. when, when it first started i thought it was like i thought it was real at first because like it started off he's like talking to just a random person he's like what are they doing outside <laughs> and i was like oh what is he talking about so you just see him walk out i'm just like oh my gosh they're like doing this stupid commercial yeah. no throughout throughout the first several seasons you would have these like little references to you know things that have been happening in the real world and then <laughs> i feel like this season they're just like eh We'll just go ahead and just, you know, oh, make yeah. it this season, directly quote. <laughs> yeah, this season, they have directly been influenced by real life. Because, I mean, it's it's like how if you are, you know, shaking salt on something and then you just screw the cap off <laughs> and dump the salt. Like, that's <laughs> the sprinkling was season one. The dumping is happening now. The fact that the it opened with making fun of the Avengers and DC at the same oh, time. Yeah. yeah. Like just in the same like sequence, they were just coming after both of them aggressively. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just it's so good. And I again, 
I'm going to say it for the however manyth time I've said it. This show is a bunch of vulgarity and it's a bunch of grossness. It's a bunch of cussing. It's a bunch of violence. And that's just the outer shell. Yeah. Uh, on the inside, it's so many aggressive, beautiful allegories for all of the bullshit that is happening, as well as a bunch of Easter eggs and like hard punches to the gut of yeah. tropes and uh, all of the you know just nonsense and it's beautiful i think that after amazon saw how well the first season went they were like oh we can we can we can do well, they let them do anything yeah they let we, this season they let them do absolutely yeah. anything they, they want to we're going to get let them that. do yeah an absurd amount <laughs> oh yeah let's just say it's uh as jordan will continue to explain in the synopsis synopses yeah it's uh you know they let it fly definitely definitely too much um but that's that's just me but that's just that's just the nature of the show i guess to finish <laughs> off this episode uh we see jamie the hamster just going hard on those i guess those bad guys and we just see him flying through people i'm just like how did it completely came random to me like that was that was completely random and then we didn't even talk about kimiko and her weapons her weapons of choice mm-hmm. in this episode let's okay so uh, let's go back through the synopsis and see if there are any moments that oh, we want to cover. Because again, this all these episodes are very dense with content, and so yeah, let's we're gonna try to hit moments. Ha- as try to hit happen. a couple couple spots. So we so see we, we already talked about the Pepsi commercial. Yeah. Uh, so the very beginning, we kind of see MM, and you kind of see his PTSD and OCD as he's starting to see. Uh, Soldier Boy coming out for the first time, which we see him go through this uh, some in the beginning and the other seasons, but now in this season, it's like really hitting him uh, very hard now that Soldier Boy is back around. So that's kind of that's kind of the beginning of it. And then we also see, you know, Butcher taking a temp V. How do you guys feel about Butcher taking a temp V? Uh, I mean, we've seen it on episode three where he was actually on it. Um, but do you think this is the right move for him to do, considering that he hates, you know, superheroes, or is he just leveling the playing field what do y'all think yeah i mean i think he kind of, well butcher is definitely a complex character um he has uh i feel like every episode he is consistent in his inconsistencies i know that doesn't really make any sense but <laughs> i think you get what i'm saying in the show it makes in the show it makes complete sense yeah yeah but i think he realizes i mean the only way to defeat homelander the only way to you know, take them down in his mind is to become one. And I think he might not view it as becoming a soup, but he, I don't know. He's a, he's a very complicated character. (laughs) Yeah. So I know that in the comic book, I think that, uh, I don't, I'm not going to say no, because I think, I think that in the comic book, Butcher cooks up a temporary V that I think they use regularly. Yeah, because yeah, actually, I think, and also MM, the reason why he was able to get stronger, of course, was like his mother's milk. But he also, I think, they are all on Tempe. Yeah, uh, in the comics, because yeah, I, I, I know that there's a point where Butcher like gives Huey the Tempe against his will in the 
comic mm-hmm. book. And but I feel like I feel like Butcher or somebody in the boys is the one who made Tempe in the comic book. But the Butcher strikes me as a by any means necessary kind of guy. Yeah. And so the Temp V is a means to an end. And so it does not surprise me that he took the Temp V because, I mean, at the end of the day, he understands that in a fight with Homelander, it's not going to go well for mm-hmm. him. So, yeah. you know, if he has, because he wasn't going to take it. He was an, originally going to, you know, pour down the drain, but then Homelander showed up at his house and he was like, well, I think I'm going to need this. Yeah, he was a little shook. He was a little shook. Yeah, so I am not surprised that he did it. Um, I'm a little surprised only in that because of his, you know, very deep hatred for soups, Mm -hmm. I didn't figure he would want to be one. But also, it's temporary. And much... Never mind. I can't. I can't do that because you haven't seen Thor. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't, to, don't do it. I was, I was about don't to reference it. that, but I can't do. It. Well, let's, actually, uh, I can actually. I can reference. Well, don't don't do it. Let's, let's, I just, let's talk I, about. Just, I can just take out my headphone for a second. Let, let's talk. Let's talk <laughs> about little Nina. Let's talk. Let's talk about little Nina and Blue Hawk. Um, we see little Nina. She kind of explains how Frenchie, how he operates. He always seeks to have someone who is basically pulling his chain. Like he, he's always seeking a master out, basically. Uh, and before Butcher, it was Little Nina, and before Little Nina, it was his dad, if I remember right. As she's like as she's telling the story, and so he he always needs someone who basically tells him what to do, uh, which is almost kind of heartbreaking because Frenchie's a nice guy. It's kind of <laughs> heartbreaking to see him go through that. Yeah, um, and I can tell you too, Little Nina in the comic books, she's itty bitty, like. That's the she's pole. real small, and that's the whole point of the name. And in the show, she I didn't think she looked small, but in the in the comics, she like she only like four foot six, like she looks real small. I think she's like five nine in the show. <laughs> yeah, in the show, she's a tall lady. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, I don't know where she gets the name Little Nina from. Uh, what do we think about Blue Hawk? <laughs> and I guess this is his his storyline, A Train's and Blue Hawk storyline is definitely a representation of like you know police brutality, as we'll get into later episodes. Yeah, I yes. was gonna say I I want to wait until the episode where Blue Hawk has the little like press conference to talk about him. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, because yeah, we need to we need to get into that. Yeah, but yeah, I again, it's it's all just beautifully written social allegories for yeah. all of the bullshit and things that are happening. Because I think that the comic book doesn't do very much of that uh from what i understand the comic book and also is very a different time just, too yeah but the comic book is very much shock value and yeah. just going out of its way to be aggressive but yeah this the changes that they make in this show are very directly in you know correlation in real life like they're, they're definitely a reflection of how things are going and it's yeah. a it's a hard look at like oh my god i it's it's a art imitating life situation and 
it does it in a really good way because oftentimes whenever you have TV shows or things that are, you know, trying to be socially conscious and that are trying to show you something, then it feels like they're beating you over the head with it because of how just in your face it is. And this is very in your face, but again, they wrap the theme. They wrap violence and sex around it. So you don't <laughs> realize what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Like, completely like, agree. Oh my God. Oh my God. And, and then you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And speaking of sex and violence, uh, the last part we haven't talked about yet is the now, chemical. Boy, we can. As I soldier boy, we can talk about. Um, well, he only, he only on this, in this, in this episode, he only shows up, um, I guess see him, this right? Basically yeah. In the beginning, like we barely see him. Yeah. And at the end, yeah. He's like barely there. Okay. So, cause when we soldier boy to me is, uh, a combination of a spoof of three characters. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll when we get to episode five, we can, we can talk about him. Well, we can talk um, about the first one that he is. We can talk about the fact that he's winter soldier. Yeah, because he, yeah, you see him wakes up like he he Russia. was abducted by Russians. He was yep. experimented on. He was turned into a weapon. Like Winter Soldier, all over the place. Like that's, yep. a, that's a hard spoof of Winter Soldier. And I completely agree. When he uh, when Kimiko was was dying, I was sad. I was like, this is not good. And Huey was just high as fuck. <laughs> no, he had no idea what was going Letting on. Letting the wind let's, uh, run through his hair. Let's get in. Let's go ahead and get into episode five then. Uh, so we talk more Soldier Boy. Okay. Uh, episode five is called The Last Time to Look in This World of Lies. Um, so we open up to a video of Soldier Boy who's being experimented on. Uh, we see him taking bullets to the mouth, being burned with acid, being exposed to radiation, and he is surviving. Homelander takes his spot at the head of Vought. Uh, since um, Stan Ecker stepped down, Huey reveals to Starlight that he's been taking Temp V. Maeve and Butcher meet to exchange Temp V, which they end up having sex. Kimiko finally wakes up from being in the hospital and she is happy that she is not healing. We also see M.M. and Todd, who is um, his ex-wife's husband, uh, have a conversation about Janine because they are watching Homelander videos and Todd is defending Homelander's behavior. After that, we see Blue Hawk issuing an apology to the black community. And then we see the conversation goes real bad, leading to A-Train's brother getting hurt. And we find out later that his brother is severely, oh, not severely, that he is paralyzed uh, from the waist down. The boys also go meet Legend, who is an ex-VOT VP of Hero Management and about the whereabouts of Soldier Boy. And then after that, we see Frenchie and Kimiko break out into a dancing number, which I might say was random as hell. <laughs> <laughs> After that, little Nina takes Frenchie, and we see Crimson Countess doing an OnlyFans type of work with Seth Rogen watching and polishing his skin pistol. Uh, Butcher interrupts the session by typing, by typing her, oh, by telling her and revealing that, by telling her that Soldier Boy's back and that we see her coming, that he's coming for her. And then we see Butcher drug MM, and then he takes a deal with Soldier Boy. And that's episode five. So let's go ahead and start back at the beginning where we see Soldier Boy being experimented on and kind of, like you say, he's kind of these multiple characters mixed up. I don't know how you kill a character like this. Um, yeah, so, so far, he's still Winter Soldier. Like, we are seeing the Winter Soldier connection very deeply so far 
mm-hmm. and that you know hasn't really i guess i guess the first connection we saw was captain america because we have seen the flashbacks that um like he's like in world Grace war discussed II. yeah he was in world war Two, and whenever he was with payback in where would they be at now yeah, yeah i think vietnam i think it was vietnam yeah, so whenever they were in Vietnam, like he was very Captain America. He had the shield, and he was the leader of a group called Payback. And <laughs> you know, so I guess Captain America was the first reference that we saw, and now we're seeing the Winter Soldier uh, connection. But yeah, he uh, he went through some shit. I see why he's uh why he's not cool. <laughs> Jensen Eccles, man. He did an amazing job playing his role. Yeah, he did. He did a really good job. He needs he needs an Emmy. Yeah. He's yeah. not gonna get one, but he, he should. <laughs> he also hasn't aged um in the last yeah. like 15 years or so. <laughs> Other than the beard, know. he looks the same. Like I don't know how old he is. He might be like 27 or he might be 57. I don't know. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure that Homelander is older than him in real life. Oh yeah, someone like the character. It was name Anthony. Yeah. Anthony something. Star. Yeah, yeah. he's he's forty four. Jensen he definitely Apples doesn't. Is. Yeah, he doesn't look forty four. He no. looks about thirty. He looks like yeah. he looks a more buff version of himself in Supernatural. Like that's yeah. yeah like, and Jensen I really Apples enjoy Supernatural. Be however old he wants to be. Yeah. So. Uh, and cool. then, so why, oh, sorry. What are you saying what they? I was just gonna say you can see why he has like. I guess we haven't gotten to that. Part, but like PTSD when he hears Russian. Oh, the Russian music. Yeah, I got, I got, I got an issue with that too. Um, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Um, <laughs> so now Homelander is at you know at the top of Vought, and it was so funny just to see everybody like kissing up to him, like, oh yeah, we you know we we're happy to get Stan out of here. And then the one girl is like, well, what are you gonna do about our stocks? And he's just like, do you think I'm stupid? And so he just get like instantly mad. Like he like she literally asked him a simple question. Yeah. He just like gets mad. And then you see Ashley kind of behind him, backing him up and been a little parrot of him, just like, yeah, get out of here. Like I mean, yeah. that's that's he he said, like, I would prefer to be loved, but feared is just right. fine and dandy with me. And you're right. We're, we're seeing that manifest itself because at the beginning of this, we heard him say, I cannot wait to show the world the real me. Yep. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Like right. we are, we're, we're, we're by the end, he did it. And yeah. a lot of people were cool with it. And How y'all feel about Ashley? That. She's stressed the, the fuck out. She's stressed the fuck out. I feel bad for Ashley because she is, I feel like she is trying to make the best of a bad situation. That doesn't make her a good person. Yeah. But I think that she's just in a really shitty situation and she's trying to do her best to navigate it under the circumstances. That's, and she's kind of a piece of shit, but that's what most of the people in this show like. She's forced to be. Yeah, like the the least piece of shit person, I guess, <laughs> would be Starlight so far, and like maybe Mother's Milk, but like everybody's some kind of a piece of shit. It's just different levels, yeah. Um, Which are, and, you and think, in different ways. So, but also like put a put a good person in her situation, like her position, 
and I don't know what they do other than probably get killed by Homelander. <laughs> well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think she's yeah. doing the best she can. I feel really bad for her. And yeah, yeah a good person had a good person either tries to do things for the better and becomes a news story or they hold on to their morals and leave. Yeah. And I don't know if you can just leave like that. Like, I don't know who's going to tell Homelander you quit. So, yeah, it's in a bad situation either way it goes. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no, there's not really, because if you are the CEO, you know too much. And if you, uh, because with Stan, like, somebody needs to do something about Stan. Stan knows where the skeletons are. But also, Stan knows where the skeletons are. Yeah. Like so, he, he can either he can either bring down all of Vought or yeah. he can just continue to do what he's doing. He could ruin everybody's day and everybody knows it. Um, and Newman, she figured like, I'm far more scared of Homelander than of you because, you know, Homelander could kill me if he wanted to and you can just like stop me from being president. Yeah. But... I I feel bad for Ashley. Uh, she needs therapy. Ooh, yeah, yeah, to say the least. So then, now we got you know the exchange between Maven Butcher, which completely threw me in left field when you know yeah, I, they I had their scene. Whenever, as they, I, were, I didn't think Butcher when, would when, go that low. Whenever they started drinking, I thought this that's how it was going to end. Like I, I thought this is that's where it was going. Uh, yeah. So that's that's one thing I was able to call, but that had nothing to do with like plot. That just kind of like happened. Yeah, and I guess we I didn't I didn't mention that we had thought Maeve was like completely sober because uh, this whole time you know she had been not drinking. She she said she's been training to kill Homelander. Mm-hmm. So to see her actually go back and start drinking now, um, it's kind of like a downfall for her. Yeah, but I mean, under the circumstances, I see why you go back because he is now the CEO and you know, he's, he's only gaining more power. And so taking him down, it's going to be that much more difficult. And, you know, butcher's a terrible influence. So I see what, no, (laughs) I see how we got there. And it's so funny that butcher was like, look here, all you, all y'all got to go. We can't have none yeah. of us, none of us, including you. You gonna have to go too. Don't worry. You not high on the list, but you on the list. <laughs> and then she yeah. was like, "All right, uh, I appreciate your candor and your honesty. So, uh, you know, I'm ready." <laughs> yeah, David. Let me let me ask you the exchange yeah. between MM and Todd. Do you think M.M., you know, did the right thing? Like, he just, he, he was being civil about it. How do you feel about that conversation? Like, was it – what do you think happened? Like, is he right for, you know, calling out Todd, telling him not to have his daughter? Because this was the conversation like when they were watching the Homelander speech or whatever or rally on yeah. TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, another direct uh, <laughs> comparison real to world. real world. Um, yeah. No, it's just like – yes you're the stepfather yes you're the father but like you obviously have to work together on these things and the way mm handled it i thought was obviously very civil and you know very just like hey we're not you can't have this stuff in here i mean that's just but 
Todd is just clearly uh, on kind of lost. Well, whichever side you see, I don't know the, the far this end. He's on that wing. <laughs> yeah, he's he's on that um, side. So we he, can. We can. I was gonna say we can call it the east and the west. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's, he's on. He's, he's way easterly. Yeah, he's way easterly. <laughs> so I think, I think I think. Oh, he said you keep going. No, I mean, I just think MM handled it really well, and Todd's obviously a little delusional, um, brainwashed, whatever word you want to use. And so, I mean, that situation, that's, you know, that's a hard situation for any household, but especially when it comes to this, it's up. I think he handled it as well as you could. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I feel like he, he was very, like, says, civil about it. Like he approached him like, hey, I would appreciate it if you don't have this type of stuff on in front of my daughter. Like she's still young. You know, kids are very impressionable. And if, you know, he's already a huge Homelander fan. And like the more he's getting into it, it's like that type of stuff can lean in a lot on a kid. Oh, yeah. And if they don't know what's going on, like they can be swept up by it. And a part of the problem is Mother's Milk knows some shit. Yeah. Other people don't know. And that's really the knowledge that is leading him to this very adamant feeling about that. Mm -hmm. And some of it, he, I don't know if he's, you know, at liberty to go into all of the details. And of course he doesn't want to discuss like, because that's a lot for a child to be aware of and like know about. So he can't get into all of that right now, but I, I only have sympathy for Todd because Mother's Milk knows a lot that Todd doesn't. Now, we find out later that that, that doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're not there yet. So yeah. in this episode, I, I was like, okay, I, at the end of the day, Todd needs to respect what Mother's Milk has said. Yeah, because he's, he's not the real father. But I see why Todd... I mean, Todd being a fan of Homelander and, you know, wanting to share that, like, I get that. And the fact that Todd, the fact that there's a lot that Todd doesn't know is why I'm kind of like, okay, I see how we got here. Yeah. Well, that's what, let me ask y'all, do you think that MM's um, ex-wife, do you think she knows, like, she knows, like, what he does, right? You would think that she... I think she, she, she has an ideal, right? Because I, I think that whenever he came to her and was like, hey, I'm slipping, things yeah, are she not knew. good, she was like, go handle it. So then I wonder why she did. She would, she would tell Todd, like, hey, can you turn this off? Because Homelander isn't what you think he is. Like, I, I, would, I would think that she would, you know, Ty would step in right there or something. Does she know that about Homelander, though? Yeah, well, like, that's I what I was know. like. She, I don't know how I feel much like, of it she's aware of. And that, and that's why I want them. Like, I wonder how much you know she actually knows, or do, or does she just assume that Mother's Milk like fights superheroes? And that, like, maybe and that's, maybe that's all she knows. Yeah, and that's where it's like, you know, in most marriages, you know, it's pretty much hundred percent honesty and like, like uh, what's the word? Open communication, transparency, yeah, transparency. Yeah. But for something like this, you know, I wonder if he's just like, I'm going to keep her safe and not let her know about. Homelander and, and that, but you, that could that's what weird. I think it is. But like, then also I, he worked for the CIA. So I assume like when you, you know, you work that high up, let's say you're security for the president, like you probably can't tell your wife 
a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so maybe this is that type of situation. A lot of G14 classified information. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good point. So right. I think that she has an idea of what he does, but I don't think she knows like dirty details. Yeah. Yeah. Because if she um, did, then she wouldn't let that fly in the household. Yeah, I agree. And again, uh, he probably can't tell her about it because that would potentially put her in danger and you know all right. of that and the, a part of the reason they got divorced was probably because of his obsession with this yeah so right they probably can't get into should we that. get get us get into the let's get into the blue hawk apology i tell you i cracked up laughing when he started giving his apology <laughs> Yeah, you can start putting air quotes uh, around that uh, the word apology. Yeah, let's put let's put big air quotes around that. He walked in, he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going against people. I'm not racist. My friends are black. And he points to A Train, just the classic. Like I have black friends. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I knew that he was going to say that. Like, oh, I did too. I did it, too. When this happened, I was like, I know he's going to say my best friend is black or I work with black people <laughs> every day. Or he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna mention black people in his life. Yeah, and yeah, I I know he's gonna say that he's not racist. Now, what I did not expect was for him to do what he did. Like I, no. I, I wasn't ready for like all of the you know citizens to be asking legitimate questions, and then for him to just be like, "Look at the research," and yeah. you know all that, bull- and then just start getting violent. Yeah, like, he doubled down real, quick, real quick. He did. Yeah, but that's. You know, that's what happens. I uh, thought that he was gonna have that conversation when he left. I didn't think he was gonna do it there. Yeah. But you know, but I mean if, if you think about that, like in our real world, if people did have superpowers, you know. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. That would be, oh, I mean, yeah. so I think that was definitely a good, you know, representation of what would probably happen in a situation. Yeah. Like that. That's exactly uh, what would happen. Yeah, yeah, we completely agree. And then he's going to say that he felt threatened and he felt attacked. And yeah, well, remember that's what that's defending what Ashley, himself. Yeah, when Ashley talking to A Train, she was like, um, she said something along the lines of like maybe he was defending himself. She's like, these are unarmed people. Well, not unarmed. These are not superpowered people. Like, what was he afraid of? Yeah. So, yeah, well, that happens, and then we get to meet Legend. Um, Legend is like a straight comic book character, but this Legend is a little bit different. He's, you know, he he had it in with Soldier Boy. They was out here doing cocaine together. He was like, he made a Bill Cosby joke. Uh, no, that was that was what's called made a Bill Cosby joke. Yeah, that I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, my bad. I was already already into it. But yeah, this one, this guy's a little crazy. He's had a crazy lifetime. It sounds like he, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of friends in high places. Uh, he's he's a very important man who's uh, lived a lot of life and made a lot of money doing a lot of shady shit. Yeah. And I would love to see. I know that I know that legend. that guy exists in real life. <laughs> oh, every I'm sure that's Jeff Bezos, but I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure every huge company probably has one of him. Yeah. So like, yeah, and uh, so we get we get towards uh, the dancing part of Kimiko <laughs> and Frenchie, and I was like, uh, what? Like she starts talking and then they just break out dancing. I I knew that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Nope. All you, all you. Okay. I knew that we were going to get 
something like that based on her vision of her singing with the girl playing the piano in the first episode. I Mm. figured she was going to have another like hallucination style dream of her performing. I didn't think that it was going to be like a full number, (laughs) but I knew, I knew that we were going to see her see herself singing again. Uh, yeah. in, in a bigger like I knew she was going to complete the song this time or it was going to be a bigger like spectacle. I completely forgot that I completely forgot that even like was a thing so when yeah. it broke when she broke out dancing I was like what is this and like but yeah when it when it happened I was like oh here it is <laughs> well you can also I mean can you count on how many fingers would it take to count all the sweet moments in this show like oh yeah between them two <laughs> No, but no, just between in like, general, just in the general. Show. Oh, in general, maybe oh, so maybe one hand. I mean, gotta have some goodness in there. You have to have at least something in there to kind of like show a little, you know, joy or even if it's humanity hallucination. It's and everybody something. loves a musical number. Oh, absolutely. And then just I figured that's what that was. Have someone's head blow up the next scene. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, you speaking of blowing up, we see Crimson Countess. And you know Seth Rogen, and that was also an unexpected scene. Did not uh, see that happening. I thought that I was going to see Seth Rogen's dick. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was excitement or just no, curiosity. Like, I just just now. No, I'm just saying. Like I thought that based on the show that we're watching, yeah, and based on what's happening right now, like that's that's where we're going. So yeah. That's that's what's gonna happen. And would you see it butcher tackles her and that was hilarious. Would butcher tackle her? That was, was just so like, funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, that was do y'all like yeah. Seth Rogen? Do y'all like Seth Rogen? I do. Usually. Yeah, I would say most of the time. He can be a little yeah. much. Very. But, um, <laughs> like I was not prepared for the end of Sausage Party. <laughs> oh yeah. I was but God, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. But um uh, yeah. One more one more question on this episode. We see Butcher, you know, drug MM and just he takes a deal with Soldier Boy. He tries to make a deal with Soldier Boy. In this episode, we see the downfall between MM and Butcher. What do you guys lean at? Do you guys feel bad for MM or you guys lean toward more towards Butcher because he wants to get the job done? Because this is more personal for him. Yeah, I mean, I feel, I mean, it's it's personal for both of them, but MM, I think, has handled it, I mean, has handled it in a completely different way than Butcher. But yeah, Butcher is, uh, like we said earlier, complicated. Because um, clearly here, he drugs MM, I mean, to either, I mean, to save him in a weird way uh, to, yeah to save him but also to get him out of the picture exactly but like if he didn't drug him and then would keep going and then probably oh yeah die there so he, that's where i'm like he saves him but it's like in butcher cares in other scenes he cares in a brutal way <laughs> yeah like yeah. the way i mean and we see that later like him mm-hmm. you know caring in a terrible way yes because <laughs> huey even says it like in his own fucked up way. Yes. He saved my life. So yeah. I I mean, that's what he did. He, it was, you know, 
all along with hey i need you out of my way it was also definitely to save his life and the conversation that huey had with starlight uh was like uh we had to drug mother's milk because he was going to get in the way we knew he wasn't going to agree with this and you weren't supposed to be here <laughs> oh yeah i didn't mention that so this is also the episode where we kind of start to see uh the cracks between starlight and huey mm -hmm. because uh this is where we see the whole oh we're going to be completely honest and transparent and not have any yep. secrets because huey did tell her the truth but not the whole truth yeah You're right and so yeah we we start to see the unraveling of that you know happy home because of secrets being told and insecurities i think he was very insecure he is that you know starlight has power and he doesn't he's just always afraid he is he's he's got to deal with you know his own version of and i don't know if it's necessarily toxic masculinity i think that that's the allegory that they're going for but i think that this is very personally with huey specifically like her being a woman isn't why he has a problem it's the fact that he has to be saved and he's helpless and he's not able to do anything or at least he feels like he's not able to do anything and he feels like he's having to keep being rescued and yeah. so i don't while this could be up for debate um the question of is huey being affected by toxic masculinity is huey like secretly sexist a little bit um is that involved i kind of don't think it is um, i can see it it's hard to say because yeah. for all we know it could be the fact that you know he's seeing you know these strong men doing Around things him. and he's not able to do that and then he's yeah. being saved by a woman and the fact that it's a woman i'm wondering if that has any effect on the situation or not i think it, i think it does like he he's he's trying to i would you know, like protect, to think protect it her yeah like i would yeah, like to think it doesn't but honestly it very well yeah like yeah. he's trying he's trying to protect her when she doesn't need protecting so someone some people say like he's going over his boundaries basically like yeah he's out here you know being a good guy trying to save her but she doesn't want that she just wants him well and he's What's also a, had those person? he's had those flashes of like when was it was it first or second season or which season or what episode where he killed uh what was the super oh yeah so it's like he had the these first flash, season first season he had these flashes of like he's kind of getting the taste of the power um slowly and now he's like to the point where he's using obviously the temp v and i think he yeah. just, he's enjoying it you can tell because he's like he's able to keep up with these other people yeah oh and, absolutely and, like he's and, in the next the episode we'll see we'll see what happens when he gets to finally confront the person who took away his girlfriend back in season one so uh anything else about episode five probably but <laughs> next one um next, whenever, next episode yeah whenever soldier boy shows up um i do we oh, do yeah. see a mirror of kind of what homelander went through with mave yeah because i feel like in that same episode like i don't know if it was that same episode but i feel like it wasn't very long ago when mave 
basically like Homelander was like, I loved you. And Maeve was like, I hated you. You were terrible. That was in episode seven. Okay. Well, I know yeah. that I know that I knew Maeve was like, I hated being with you because yeah. you're awful. Yeah. And Crimson Countess pretty much said, Yeah, you were you were a bag of dicks. Like I hated you. <laughs> and I hated every moment we had together. And so he was like, all right. And then she got vaporized. Yep. So that's one of the members of the payback down. Episode six, the big one, Hero Gasm. And let me say, I must say before I start the, you know, the recap, first time I've seen this episode throw that warning and all the hype up to this episode, people were talking about it like, this is going to be an episode like you've never seen before. Like this never, this stuff's never been shown on TV. Like they were the warnings everywhere. And I mean, I see why there were warnings everywhere. Uh, I completely agree. And there is something in this episode that I've never seen on TV in my life. And we will get into it. They needed, they needed more warnings. I will say. Yeah. And also <laughs> for, for the boys, I thought it was going to be a little bit more worse than what it was. Like this was, it was bad, but I thought it was going to be way worse than what it was. Um, there was still a story to tell. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but and and I agree. I think the thing is, I was so prepared for like the most heinous me too thing that they could do that like all the warnings prepared me well. But if I had just walked into that episode unaware, then I would have been oh, like, man. oh my god, that was a lot. But because <laughs> I walked into it prepared for the worst, I was like, oh, okay. I, I will say, we wa- I walked into it pretty... I mean, obviously, we saw the warning beforehand, but outside of that, that's all I knew. So you walked into it blind? Pretty pretty blind, yeah. yeah. I see why you think there should have been more warnings. because there Well, was- and after Jordan does the synopsis, we can discuss it. it, it yeah, we'll just discuss after. Okay. All right. Let's get into it. Episode six, Herogasm. Uh, so we open up to the deep reciting a viral video from Gal Gadot. And actually, I didn't even know this was a thing until after the episode. I went back and watched the Gal Gadot video and I was like, holy crap, they did it again. They just completely, you know, redid with this. Yeah, just a heavy handed. Yeah. yeah. So the Gal Gadot video was ce- celebrities are all singing and then we see Homelander finds out that Soldier Boy is truly back and he's confused how he is back. And then Black Noir finds out about Soldier Boy and he gets up out of there. He's he dipped out up out of there. He was like, <laughs> nope, not me. <laughs> he wanted no part in that. And then we see, um, oh, and then we also see the response to Blue Hawk hurting, you know, A-Train's brother. And now we see Soldier Boy and Homelander are looking for the TNT twins who they found out are at the seventh annual Herogasm, which is a party where heroes get the freak on. Uh, Newman tries to convince Starlight to work together. Starlight refuses her, and we kind of see them get into a little confrontation. After that, Frenchie and Kimiko escape, being held by little Nina, where Kimiko finds out that the the superpowers, the V that she has, doesn't make her a monster, that all of this is actually inside of her. Uh, M.M. reveals what happened between his family and Soldier Boy while on their way to Herogasm. Huey, Soldier Boy, and Butcher also on their way to Herogasm. Huey and H... Huey sees A-Train... MMC Soldier Boy and Soldier Boy sees the, CN- the TNT twins and the fight begins. We see Butcher, Huey, and Soldier Boy overpower Homelander who, and then, who nearly escapes with his life. And then A-Train kills Blue Hawk, 
but it's almost but almost dies in the process and many people are hurt starlight quits the seven on ig live so let's go back to the beginning soldier boy and homeland homelander is shook that soldier boy is back he's scared okay um is this the episode where homelander talked to himself in the mirror yes that conversation was interesting yes um he was talking to himself like he was his own father well that's the one thing that he's always wanted was yes and that is we're at the end we're going to talk about the themes so that was yeah themes but um that conversation was um i mean that conversation demonstrates his insecurities and his you know real desires and all of that and again he needs an oscar i'm sorry i agree emmy um he needs everything yeah they need to they need to throw bt award so many emmys at this show Um, all the awards (laughs) kids choice award all of it (laughs) well kids choice for for (laughs) hero specifically for this episode for this episode yep (laughs) Kids Choice Award. Um, Black Noir. Let's talk about him. Oh, he got the, the fuck up out of there. He saw Soldier like, Boy was alive and <laughs> dipped. For someone yeah. who you can't see facial expressions, anything, you could just see every emotion possible. Just boop, and then he's out. Yeah, like yeah. he he cut that tracker out, and it, like it was not like he was not playing around. He said, "No, fuck that." I'm, I'm, we're not doing that because I, I guess I didn't know that the team was actually responsible for getting him captured. I thought that they just failed to stop him from getting captured, but no, they did it. And that yeah, Black, Noir, episode, yeah. Black Noir dipping out is when I was like, oh shit, they're responsible. Yeah. Ooh. Because I, I thought, you know, Soldier Boy was a madman who was like, y'all never came back for me. I thought that's why he was mad, but no, yeah, it was I, a. I agree. I I learned like oh oh they they did it oh yeah they set him up yeah it was a trap so yeah, black, <laughs> it's a trap black, black noir dipping out like that is when I was like oh it was it was a coup that's good yeah. to know and this is also the episode where we see A Train and Ashley have their conversation about how uh, A Train feels like you know something needs to be done to Black Hawk. You know, he, he hurt his brother and everything. And then a- Ashley tells him, like, oh, you only care because it affects you now. But the in the other time, it didn't, it didn't affect you. The conversation was really important. Um, earlier in the season, A-Train did the I'm not... I'm Michael Jordan, not Malcolm X. Um, taking a shot at Michael Jordan for famously not getting involved with any politics. But... Yeah. Um, when he made that comment, I was like, that's going to come back to get him. And I guess this might be that moment. But, I mean, she was absolutely right. As trifling as Ashley is, like, nah. She's, th- that, those are factual statements. Like, And this is also the episode where Ashley, you know, she gets some nuts. And she tells, you know, the soups how she really feels. And A-Train, starting with A-Train, like, she really told him how she really felt. Yeah. Because she's stressed out. Yeah. And she was going to explode if she didn't. Like, she's melting from the top down. 
and it's yeah, it's, the top it's, from from the, from the wig down. Yeah, it's rough. As a, as it's a, rough. As a later here. episode, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about. It is rough out here for Ashley, but um, I am really glad that that conversation happened. I'm yeah, like that was that was one of those powerful like scenes to me of like she was basically she was reading him the script at first, like this is the corporate answer. Yeah. And then whenever he was like, no, we need to do something. It's like, no, you can shut the fuck up. Yeah. Because it's... you, if, if you want to talk about doing something, you have, you are responsible for the death of a few people and yeah. nothing has happened to you. Vought has protected you. And so you need to understand that he is afforded the same protection by this company. Mm-hmm. And the facts that somebody you know got hurt, I could be having the same conversation with Popclaw's family. Yeah, I could be having yeah, exactly the same conversation with uh, Huey's whatever Huey's girlfriend, girlfriend was. Yeah, yeah. I, I could be having this conversation with her family. So for all the crazy stuff that happens in the boys, like you said, the powerful when these moments like this makes the show like really good when you get a conversation like this. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is one of those like deep moments that are on the inside. And these are the moments that you look for. These are the times that you're like, oh, this is such a good show because they're talking about things. <laughs> and, you know, they're pointing out the flaws in people and all of it. Because what A Train is a very realistic character. Like, he is how a lot of people would be in this situation. Like a lot of people are greedy, and a lot of people, until happens to them. Yeah, a lot of people want all of the benefits of you know certain things, and then when they are affected by something, that is when they want things to change. That is when they want you know moves to be made. And it's like it, she was like, "Yeah, you weren't thinking about this before you got affected." Yeah, and so you don't get to think about it now. Yeah, because otherwise, uh, if we go after Blue Hawk. We got to talk about what you did. And we're not doing that. You don't want that, do you? All right, then. Go have a seat. Yeah. So after that, um, we are here at Herogasm. And I want to ask David, since, you know, (laughs) David has a little different reaction. How did you feel about seeing Herogasm? Um, Hmm. It was a lot. Obviously, it came to quite the surprise because I didn't know anything comic-wise or I didn't really look anything up beforehand, so I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems quite unnecessary for... <laughs> and I know, like, like I obviously I get the point, but there's so... A lot of that story could have been... done without uh well no i don't think like i think the story didn't need 30 straight minutes of that you know yeah i think and a lot of the show is shock factor obviously i mean there's a lot of just like you know you can pop someone's when uh newman would pop someone's head like that scene in the courtroom is just like insane (laughs) (laughs) and it just goes on and on and on and so it's like stuff like that but it seemed like a lot of this like could have gotten the point across of what was happening without um, sho- shoving it in your face. Uh, oh, look at David. <laughs> Make a little joke, huh? Shoving it in your face. And I guess I never explained what Herogasm is. 
Hero Gasm I, I mean, you probably don't need a lot of B listers <laughs> and C listers have fun. Oh, B listers and C listers have you know sexual gratitude with you know regular people everyone. sometimes and other suits. Yeah, and that's another thing. So, firstly, I want to give a shout out to Starlight because whenever they arrived. That was one of the funniest <laughs> moments I had ever seen in a show. Like she's, he is just the best at cunnilingus. He just gets in there and nom, 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 nom. I was like, this yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> that that was, I mean, that, that was pretty funny. Oh, so funny. I, but the MM, the stuff that happened to MM, he, the, went he first walks in there and he the guy touches through, him. Oh, I would have flipped out. He went through a lot. And I, when that happened, I said, okay, he he's who that had to happen to because <laughs> Frenchie obviously wasn't there. Which he wanted to be, yeah, <laughs> as like, multiple people stated. Yeah, like they, they pointed out, like, Frenchie's going to hate that he missed this. But Huey would have been way too easy. Yeah. Um, and they couldn't have done it. To, <laughs> he had a funny moment, too. Yeah, they couldn't have done it to Huey or Butcher because they were, like, in the middle of something. And Because my initial thought was, why did it have to be mother's milk that got <laughs> milked on and yeah, that's pretty disgusting it, it, that's that's how it had to be like under the circumstance because it couldn't have been like if they would have done that to a woman character there would have oh, been no. an uprising yeah, yeah no that that yeah that would have been real bad yeah so it 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 when i thought about it i was like that's it had to be mother's milk and the fact that he had ocd yeah like, oh yeah you know that, it made it so much worse like because he like whenever uh translucent brust uh, not translucent um so termite, dead, homie. whenever yeah. termite bumped up against him and he was like wait Ugh. that was termite pretty sure was that termite i thought termite was dead though termite dies late he like i, I thought he got didn't he get shook up inside the bag of uh Kobe? no he no he lived oh and, he did yeah and they said he's going to rehab and getting his shit together was the story that oh. they spun or whatever. Okay. But yeah, no, he lived and uh Homelander I thought that accidentally was him, killed him. So. Because oh, once, you're right. once Soldier Boy does the explosion, he's termite is little because he was, you know, in the middle of somebody. Oh, I forgot. Right. Yeah, I forgot home, about that. Homelander steps, steps on him. So you're right. Um I'm pretty sure it was termite who brushed up against him and he was just like, it eh, get this yeah. off of me. <laughs> well, and I, then I, for him to be Painted. For the circumstances, I would say he handled it quite well because he just kind of made a joke about like going to, I don't remember what he said, go clean up or I don't remember what he said, but. Oh, yeah, because he wanted to go, he wanted to go clean up. Yeah. His jacket. Like, I, mean, just, I just need to go clean off my, this is my favorite jacket. <laughs> but yeah, then he got milked and it was, uh, it was absurd. And I wonder I, what it looked like in real life. I feel like there were just two people that just threw buckets, two buckets on them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree. I think the craziest thing that I saw, though, was when the TNT twins uh, were arguing. He's like, you put a camera in the bathroom yeah. and you just see the dude's butthole. I'm just like, yeah, like uh, full, that, I've never seen that on TV. Yeah, like full, ever. like the whole taint. Yeah, like, I, I don't know that I've ever seen somebody from like the top of their butt crack to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I, you could do that. I, I don't know that I've seen that. Again, um, another thing that's just like. 
Why? Now, and again, <laughs> in in pure the boys fashion, I disagree. I think this needed to happen. And I don't think that there's another way that this show or the boys would have a bunch of superheroes together under any other circumstance. Like this is the thing that's going to bring a bunch of, you know, superheroes together. Now, I will say one of the things that another like allegory or another thing that was brought up in this whole situation was treatment of sex workers. Yeah. Because uh, there were a lot of, yeah, there were a lot of, uh, you know, super powered people there that had hired these sex workers and who just did not care about their lives or how they were being affected by the use of their powers on these people. And it was like, even in all of the things that were happening, they were still tackling some issues. They were still speaking on a lot of the thing. And that's the thing. Some of this stuff will completely go over some people's heads. Like we have just made some people aware of some of the things that are happening, but again, they just, they just do such a good job of taking like all of the vulgarity and in your face interface and just, you know, sliding in some important messages. There goes another one. Um, <laughs> we also get to see what happens to MM's family. And the reason he has OCD is because Soldier Boy basically killed his entire family, you know. And, and I, that was seeing that, I was like, that is right. So he blames himself for waking up, you know, his, I think it was his dad or his, his uncle, grandpa. His grandpa. Or his grandpa. Yeah. So like he blames himself for waking him up. It's just like in that type of situation, it's one of the things like you, you wouldn't have been able to do anything about it, whether he was aw- awake or not, it would have happened. But that's yeah. the thing. Whenever you, whenever you're a child, it is very easy to, I mean, and adults can do this too, but like when you're a kid, it's real easy to think that things are your fault because one of yeah. your one of your things as a kid is like I just don't want to get in trouble. Like whatever yeah. happens, whatever's going on, I want to avoid getting in trouble. Um, even if I know I shouldn't be doing some shit, um, even if like this is against the rules or what, like I I don't want anybody that I love to get hurt, and I don't want to get in trouble. And yeah, that the fact that he feels like he's at fault for that like he that's like a deep trauma and he talks about um gonna have to carry always having to check the um oven or the stove top Mm -hmm. you know and if he doesn't check it soldier was going to show up Uh it's like man that is that's just rough to hear i love the scenes between uh, mother's milk and starlight like i love seeing those two together yeah Yeah. because those are the two that you know are here for the right reason and that are I don't want to necessarily say doing things by the book, but that are not willing to, you know, sacrifice their humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And all of that. Like they're, they're trying to do it as the right way as they can. And they are, as you said, maintaining their moral compasses because Huey earlier, he was like, we, we gotta, we gotta get our hands dirty. Like we're going to have to do it butcher's way. This is how it's gotta be. There's no other way anything it takes we're, we're this is what we're gonna have to do so yeah let me uh huey has stepped over into the dark side a little bit let me and get then one couple of these oh, oh one more sorry. one last thing i believe that they took a nod to end game 
whenever mother's milk said you killed my family and he said which one oh yeah when Thanos, yeah because i was like similar to like, that you took everything from me i don't even know who you are yeah you're right oh good reference good catch yeah that one uh because whenever because whenever soldier boy said which one my feelings were hurt <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, feel bad. I feel bad like because i was like mother's milk no you've had such a bad day yeah like, before we get really to the before we get to the big fight at the towards the end of the episode i was going to quickly hit uh huey and a train you know they finally meet up huey confronts a train about killing his girlfriend and we actually see a train apologize that's because a train been through some shit yeah a train understands now he is you know like slowly stepping into having a soul yeah because he, he, he has, was still Huey still uh, let out some anger. <laughs> yeah. Because Huey didn't expect him to apologize. Huey was like, I've dealt with this bag of dicks before. Like, yeah. he's not going to apologize. And then when he did, Huey was like, oh shit, he apologized. <laughs> but I'm still mad. Yeah. After that, um, before we get to one more, before we get to the big fight, A Train kills Blue Hawk. That was a pretty cool scene to see him just run, you know, super fast and just drag his body. That was brutal. That was very brutal. But again, really cool to see because that is exactly <laughs> what would happen. The ultimate carpet burn. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not gonna say that Blue Hawk deserved it, but <laughs> I'm gonna say that I was not sad when he died. And whenever A Train's heart, you know, stopped, I was like, he's gonna be fine. I, I did I not that was it. I did not know. That what was going to happen? He was going to be fine the way he was fine, and yeah. we'll talk about that next episode. But I, I knew he wasn't going to die from that. That'd be a pretty lackluster death ending for him, for him. exactly. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. like as much as he's done. Yeah, I don't. Mm, yeah, no. Nah. Um, the last thing, the big fight. David, uh, wait, how'd you feel about the? One, oh, we have one more. One. What else? One thing. The conversation whenever Huey teleported Starlight out. Ah, uh, yeah. That conversation. Failed to mention it. So the conversation, yeah, because Huey teleported her out, and that's when they have the "I just want to save you" conversation. That's and when she tells him, "I don't need somebody to save me." That's that's when they have the Huey is like, "Yeah, I'm a little insecure. I am tired of being the weak one." And she was like, "I thought that wasn't a problem for you." He was like, "Well, it is. Like, that was a very important conversation, mm-hmm. and that was a very powerful moment because as good-hearted as we've seen Huey be in most cases. Um, he, We see here that he admits to not being okay with being in his situation because we've seen Huey take a lot of shit and he takes it. Yeah. And we see him in the situation where it's like, now that I have power, this is what I want. Like, I want to be able to not only need your protection, but be able to protect you and to defend myself. And I just saved your life because if I hadn't pulled you out of there, it was going to get ugly. Yeah. And so we, we see here that Huey is not immune to all the of stuff the that's going on around him. Negative things that, yeah, he's being subjected to and all of the 
you know, feelings that one would naturally have under the circumstances and all of that. We, because we've seen Huey handle shit pretty well up to this point, but we see that again, he's not immune to it. And we see that once he gets a taste of power, he's like, that's the shit I want. Like, I want to feel like this. Because mm-hmm. when, again, when he was, uh, when Kimiko was in the back bleeding and dying and making a scene, he was he's living high. his best life. <laughs> yeah. high. He was like, is this what power is? Is this what feeling good feels like? Because when it's he was great, living yeah. his best life and he was on his little Peloton uh, <laughs> under the Genjutsu, when that shit broke, uh, he was like, no, I need that high again. I yeah. need to know what peace feels like. It's uh, a very fitting uh, superpower for Huey. <laughs> Like yeah, he doesn't get like get super on, strength, laser vit. I mean, he, power, he got the power to get him out of here. He's get like, him the fuck up out of it. <laughs> it's power to so, run. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So power so to escape. Now, now we're here at the big fight. What did you guys? Uh, let's, let's go quickly so we can get to the next episode. What did you guys think about the fight? I thought it was pretty good. It almost reminded me of the Civil War fight between Iron Man and Cap. Like I was, I was starting to feel like that. Except these boys was putting these hands on them. It reminded me of end game because it was three on one. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it wasn't three on one like the entire time, but it was, yeah. it was, uh, you know, a big three versus one. And yeah. they, they almost got his ass. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, there I was, thought they were going to do some big damage was, to him as well. Th- there was fear in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was afraid. And, um, one of the things that we did forget to mention was... Was the Butcher and M.M.? No. We did oh. forget to mention that, but at the beginning of this episode, that's when the Bill Cosby joke was made, but we... Oh, that, yeah. that reminds me that we didn't talk about Soldier Boy blowing up that city. Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about in these episodes. We only have so much time. Huh? Yeah, it's very dense. Because that's uh, where he was walking and heard the music, right? That's what Jordan said right. he had a problem with. Um, yeah oh yeah i forgot to mention that so yeah i'm like that's why i came back in real life how often are you out home just listen to russian pop or russian music like how often is that going to come across i mean in my 30 years of being here good never heard it oh because i've never heard it because what's i mean they're in a big city i mean there's probably different districts of different you know this district has I, i guess russians this one has italian you know what i mean like there's gonna be yeah districts like that so it's probably just a nice day outside and they were just enjoying some music i mean i guess i just i don't know i've never just come across Russian i don't think music, i, feel I like. don't think where we live jordan you're gonna just walk around and <laughs> hear <everybody. laughs> they live in a bigger city than we do yeah yeah i mean i, I guess this is the second show with russians in it no stranger things had their whole russian thing in it but. oh uh united the united states loves to i mean since the cold war like yeah. russia has been the enemy in most media that we consume yeah. in some form, like including comic books and you know all that. So, yeah. I mean, that's why um, there's a point where Mother's Milk is just naming movies where we defeat Russia in yeah. some form, like Rocky Four. Like, <laughs> like that's the scene. Is <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, a matter of fact, I think that happened whenever they were, whenever they busted Soldier Boy out. Like, I think that's when that was happening but uh or maybe not i don't know i should have rewatched all of it doesn't matter anyway 
Because when was this? When were the comics written? Oh nine. Uh, mid two thousand. Uh, no, early two thousand. Is either early? Yeah, early two thousands. Um, off the top of my head, I cannot remember. I thought the first The Boys issue was in two thousand nine, but don't quote that. Um, we'll, we'll say before twenty ten. Okay. Yeah, that just feels right. In the 2000s, like in the the 21st century. Gotcha. uh, Okay. All of it has been written, as far as I understand. But again, the comic book doesn't go for hard social allegories. Yeah. No, not at all. Like the show does. So, uh, the end of the episode, we see Starlight quit the seven. And now we're on episode seven. Episode seven is called Here. Oh, so in in that episode, uh, Soldier Boy, you know, we. We learn that he goes nuclear and has no idea what's happening. Yeah, so kind of blacks out. The third character that I think is kind of being referenced, I would say is the Hulk a little bit, just because we are talking about radiation and we're talking about him losing control and a lot of destruction coming from that. I can see that. I'll definitely I definitely It's a very soft... Yeah, so like, I agree with the soldier, uh, the Captain America and the Winter Soldier one. This one, oh, that's uh, can, like that's a hard copy, yeah. copy, but like that's this is a very like subtle. I because I can't think of another character that does that. I'm sure there is or there are because there are all kinds of characters who like lose control of themselves. But yeah. I mean, in Logan, whenever Charles has an episode. People start dying. Yeah. So yeah. let's uh let's get to episode seven. We got we got two more episodes. Episode seven called Here Comes the Candle to Light You to Bed. So we open up to Ashley on damage control when she's trying to turn change the narrative that Soldier Boy has returned. Uh, we see Maeve is still alive and Homelanders question her about where the whereabouts of Butcher. After that, we see Butcher in the squad. That's quite a uh, yeah, it was. Uh, Butcher and the squad looking up, uh, looking for another one of Soldier Boy's old teammates who can control your mind when he looks at you. Uh, we finally see the backstory play out through cartoon characters for Black Noir. We also see Butcher's backstory thanks to Mindstorm. In flashbacks, we see the downfall of Butcher and we see why his brother ended up killing himself and how Butcher was treated as a kid. Uh, Kimiko tells Starlight that she wants her power back to protect her family. We also see an awkward threesome scene between the Deep, Cassandra, and Ambrosa, the octopus. Uh, we see Homelander doing a terrible job at damage control while still trying to change the narrative until Newman interrupts him while he's drinking some milk straight from the teat. Uh, and then she reveals the location of Ryan, who is, you know, the son. A-Train gets his heart from Blue Hawk, MM controls, oh, confronts Todd about taking Janine, you know, the daughter to a Homelander rally. And then MM punches him. Starlight catches Homelander on IG Live with him being a POS. Uh, and then we flip back to Butcher and the boys, and they finally hunt down and kill Mindstorm, but not before Huey gets to save Butcher. And then Soldier Boy finds out that Homelander is his son. At the end of the episode, we see Starlight tell Butcher that three to five doses will kill them both. And he doesn't end up telling Huey that she said that. And Kimiko gets her power back. And Soldier Boy tells Homelanders that he's his poppy. So see, that's that's a lot, yeah. a lot of a lot of stuff in that episode. And I want to cover multiple things. Um, I know I was like, that is a lot. Start, start at the beginning. Yeah, start at the beginning. So yeah, we see uh Maeve and Homelander. 
we see them, you know, getting back to that. And we talked about it earlier about that conversation. We need to talk about that. Um, that conversation was, again, very powerful for a couple of reasons. One, I don't know if they knew that it was going to line up with the decision by the Supreme Court. I don't know if that was planned or if they had written that up before, but... Uh, definitely ma- definitely the, matched up, like I said. The fact that Homelander said to Maeve, uh, I'm just going to harvest your eggs and make some children. Like, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that was crazy. And... But she... The other she thing also is, told him that you know yeah. she was happy to see him scared. She was like, this is one of... Even with all the shit that you just said to me, and even with the shitty day I've had in this stupid cell, this is one of the greatest moments I have ever lived through because I see fear in your eyes. I was yeah. like, oh, that's hatred. Yeah. When you hate someone so much that it brings <laughs> you joy to see fear in them. No matter what. That is true hate. That that is real. Fuck you, energy. <laughs> yeah. How do you guys oh. feel about seeing the backstory for Noir? Well, first of all, how do you feel about the artistic choice of the cartoon characters? How do y'all feel about that? I loved it in a very weird way. <laughs> I also loved it. Um, I I loved it for a couple of reasons. I like that. The character that Black Noir saw himself as was a black sheep. <laughs> yeah, because like, he's a black sheep of the seven. Yeah, like that was yeah. that was really like again powerful. That was cool. Yeah. That, was, that was that was a powerful. Might have went, went over people's head if you don't understand. That's what I'm saying. Like that's like he saw himself in the like little acting as a black sheep, but it it was um. It was hard to watch. I almost feel like they did it for budget reasons because, like, <laughs> this it was already really heavy, and they weren't going to be able to like make that flashback happen without going over budget. So they were like, you know what? We'll just animate it. Yep, call it good. So I think that was a good budget decision. But- well, I mean, they had to make way for Butcher's backstory. David, let me ask you: How do you feel about Butcher now, seeing how he was raised? Yeah, I mean, it definitely. You always, I mean, you felt bad for Butcher, but then the way he went about his business kind of made you, you still felt a little, but again, like we talked about, you kind of felt worse for MM because MM kind of seemed like a better person. But going through the backstory of Butcher, seeing just how messed up his childhood and just how awful it was, um, you definitely, you just definitely felt for him. I mean, that, I don't really know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what, tough to see. What this show does, this show does a really good job of demonstrating, it, it does a really good job of demonstrating that good and evil is a spectrum and not just like one or the other. It's, yeah. not, it's not the flip of a coin. It's like there are some people who are really bad people and there are some people who, you know, there are good people who do bad things. There are bad people who do good things. It's a spectrum. And what the boys really tries to do is make you have sympathy for a bag of dicks. Because <laughs> yeah. we have Homelander. Childhood trauma. Yeah, we have Homelander who there are moments when you feel 
bad for him because of what he's been through and you know how he sees things even the deep the deep is one of the worst fucking oh my god yeah he has to be the worst character in this entire show like the way he is but whenever homelander made him eat his friend you feel bad for him (laughs) i didn't but yeah it was terrible (laughs) jordan's over there laughing (laughs) that's what you get and and it's like no i i felt bad for him because he you know had to eat his friend and that's terrible yeah, yeah. what's well, kind of like we were talking about with mm and he kind of had that sort of survivor's guilt with his family where it's like he, he obviously brother. couldn't have he obviously couldn't have done anything mm he couldn't have done anything for his family like in that situation to save them or anything like that and then you have butcher who as you go throughout like his backstory or whatever you obviously his dad was just Bag a terrible takes. person yes, terrible person horrible. yeah and then you kind of have him show Butcher leaving. And then the way that the scene where he's in there in the kitchen and he's like essentially talking to his brother. Mm-hmm. That was rough. That, that yeah. was that, that was I feel like anybody who's ever gone through that. I feel like that probably hit them a little different. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Butcher, he it, it's kind of a I, I see how you got here. Like yeah, I mean, you, I feel like had no chance of being just an upstanding citizen. It's, I mean, it's childhood trauma. Like a lot of this show, like you said, between the Homelander and Butchers, like yeah. the stuff that happens to you as a kid, that affects you as an adult. Yeah, it's a lot of childhood trauma. It's a lot of like terrible fathers. Yeah, Spencer, you mentioned the deep. Um, let's get into this awkward scene. This is the most one of the awkward scenes that the deep has between is that his his girlfriend? Yeah, Cassandra's his wife. His They're married. Oh, if his wife, okay. Yeah, I think they got married through the cult. Yes. Oh yeah, I completely forgot season two. Forgot about that yeah, church. She uh she was honestly I ain't she, saying she's a gold digger. She was <laughs> she was trying to get him to the top. Like she was the reason yeah. he was doing well at the end of the day. Like she was a great business manager. Um, she was also in it for herself, though. I, yeah, she like, was. But I mean, she, that's that's what an agent does. An agent gets their star uh, some money so that they get a cut. Hey, but by any means necessary. And she right. did not want to follow his. <laughs> <laughs> it was just that scene where he's just like, I think we should introduce people into our relationship. Oh, we, others she, into our relationship. She tried, and I was, and she was like, like, Yeah, she's like, well, you gotta gotta give her credit for mind. trying, but. And he's like, like, I want to introduce you to Ambrosia. (laughs) Here is my friend. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I I knew that eventually there was going to be That was going to happen. Yeah, like I I figured eventually he's either she's going to catch him with a fish or he's going to try to involve her with a fish. And And then you just see the octopus just like put the tentacle on her leg and just she's just like, I can't do this. And she's like, nope, I can't do this. Nope, I'm out. I was like, yeah, yeah, please. Like, because I was wondering if she was gonna go through with it to you know keep the bag. Terrible. Yeah. No. She she was was good on that. One of the things, like we earlier, we saw Starlight put up with some bullshit. Oh man. uh, Yeah. For the greater one through it. And because you know, you're not saying she's a gold digger. I figured, like, let's see if she goes through with it. She might. She might find her way through. Um, and I'm glad that she was like, nah, I draw the line here. 
Uh, right. So I'm, I'm glad I'm glad she drew that line, but I was I worried think, she might not. Yeah, a couple moments. Um, a train gets his heart from Blue Hawk. Definitely didn't see that one coming. That conversation That's, with Ashley was just absurd. Yeah, and then he has to tell his brother that you know, hey, I'm back, like I can run again. And his brother's just like, you've always been in it for yourself. Yeah, like, like it's, I need it's not about anybody me. else, but you. Yeah, He's, he said to his brother, "I need you to train me." And his brother was like, "Uh." No, you're yeah. a killer. Look what you did. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. want a killer around my children. The confrontation, confrontation between MM and Todd. You know, it came to came to a head. You know, he found out that Janine was at a Homelander rally, and we see MM. You know, punch Todd, which is well deserved. Like we talked about earlier. Like you can't uh, be doing that. Well, and not only what he did, because, again, Mother's Milk was handling it very well. You're right. And then Todd stepped out of line. Yeah. Oh, he said something about being a he father, said, right? Yeah. Mother's Milk said something to the effect of, these are not decisions you can make because you were not her father. And Todd said, somebody's got to be. Yep. That's what yeah. it was. That that's, was not gonna, that's not going to end well for... Uh... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Todd should have got his ass beat yeah he's lucky he only got hit once but once again you know mother's milk's trying to hold back because his daughter there yep mother's milk is again he's trying he was trying to be the bigger person that whole time he was trying so hard to like do the right thing and handle it the right way and Mm -hmm. make sure that he did not lose control and all of that and again todd just how fucking dare you todd yeah. Like, and again, Todd could have got his got his whole ass beat. Yeah. Like, well, Todd it, should be lucky that he only got hit once. Well, again, it kind of shows how MM is one of the better people of the show because he hits him once, immediately turns That's around, it. sees his daughter, and just, you know, he feels terrible. I mean, he's probably oh, yeah. happy he put Todd in his place, but he obviously didn't want his daughter to see that. It's not what, who he wants to be. And so, like, you definitely see he definitely has some of the most redeemable qualities in the show. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we also see Homelander tell, I mean not Homelander, Soldier Boy tell Homelander that, you know, he's his dad. And he's like, Yeah, I remember exactly where I was at. Um, Listen, are we already at the end of the episode? Yeah, that's towards the end of the only other thing we haven't talked about is uh Starlight telling Butcher. They, you know, they're going to die in three to five doses. And then we see, and we thought, I thought we were going to see Butcher, you know, have a redeeming moment. I thought he was, I thought he was going to tell Huey not to do it. Whenever, whenever she you said, know. you're going to tell him, right? And Butcher was like, yeah, I'll tell him. And then she was like, I'm going to call every five minutes. And then he hung up. I was like, he's not going to tell him. Yeah. But then he I, had I that, it, like, it was like 30 seconds. That moment. Like, yeah. <laughs> I thought he was going to do it. I thought I, he was, was going to tell him. I knew he wasn't going to tell him. I, but, because I mean, I kind of thought, okay, he'll tell him, and then Huey will be like, "I don't care, we're doing it." But I don't think Butcher's going to tell him. I think Butcher's just going to say, "All right, let's go." Well, he tells him in a different way the next episode. Yeah, yeah we'll find out next <laughs> yeah, episode. We don't know that yet. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like af- after that episode, I, I he's not going to tell him. He's he's not going to let him do it, but he's not going to tell him. Yeah. So, um. Anything else about episode seven before we go to eight? Probably. What was the last thing you mentioned? And we the last back. thing was the... Um... Oh, 
the Kimiko daddy gets thing. her power back as well, and then Soldier oh, Boy tells Soldier Boy being his dad. Yeah. Which I feel like I definitely should have seen coming because yeah, I definitely did not see it. Yeah, but I feel like I should have based on you know Homelander being born out of a test tube and all this stuff, and him being the most power, like them being the two most powerful, kind of just aligned. But I never, I, didn't, I never yeah. connected it. I didn't yeah, see it coming either. because I guess Homelander having a father didn't occur to me because of the whole test tube thing. Yeah. Um, and I mean, in the comic book, it's a little different. Um, Stormfront, who's a man in the comic book, is Homelander's father. Gotcha. But, okay. So if I would have known that before, then I may have been like, I bet, because, you know, we saw what happened with her. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I... Again, Homelander having a father didn't occur to me because I thought that he was artificially created and born. Yeah. And so I, but, you know, when that happened, my mind started going in all kinds of directions. So I, I was like, oh, this, uh, this is interesting. That is not something I expected. They got me again. I did not predict that. And now I'm trying to figure out what may or may not happen in the next episode and i'm like mm-hmm. i mm, i don't know because i've been wrong a lot of times <laughs> so i don't want to say anything but also so yeah i started you know just coming up with a bunch of shit that could have happened because even if i knew what happened in the comic books that didn't help me yeah and so, speaking of the next episode we are on the final episode episode eight. Oh wait one more it's, thing one more yeah. thing i there are also some themes of regression in because I think this is the episode where we see Frenchie get back on drugs and yeah. Mother's Milk is like going back to his compulsions. And yeah, I mean, earlier we saw Queen Maeve was like, I need a drink. So a lot of a lot of character regressions uh, are also happening in this season, like people that we've seen doing better and doing okay just get brought back to the dark side which is also very realistic and something that people have to go through pretty regularly and i think that the fact that we are seeing these people grow and then have to you know deal with the fact that shit is not getting better and putting up with the fact that shit is not getting better in their own ways and with their own coping mechanisms. And then we get to, you know, see these people. What is the opposite of gross shrink? Because uh, I, I mean, there's a lot of opposites. Regress. I don't know, but we regress. Yeah. We see yeah, them regress and then, you know, we get to see, we might get to see them grow again or come out of it uh, even better. So it's just such a good show. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last episode. The instant white hot wild. We open up the Homelander pulling Ryan, pulling up on Ryan, and they have a heart to heart. Maeve makes an escape, and if Frenchie discovers that the gas will put Soldier Boy down, Black Noir tells Soldier Boy to help him kill. Wait, Black Noir tells Homelander to help kill Soldier Boy, but Homelander asks him, "Did he know that Soldier Boy was dad?" Noir, Black Noir responds, "Yes," and. Homelander kills him. 
And Butcher knocks out Huey in order to save him from taking another dose of temp fee. Temp fee. After all that, the boys finally meet back up and they talk about saving each other, but Maeve doesn't want to hear that. So she throws out the gas that would take down Soldier Boy. The seven are also having a meeting where they found out where Homelander reveals that he killed Black Noir. He also tells them that he doesn't need them. The boys come up with a plan to break into the tower to get more um, of the gas that Frenchie created. Homelander and Soldier Boy meet and they have a fight. Uh, oh, and then the fight ensues between the boys, Maeve, Homelander, and Soldier Boy. Ryan almost gets hurt and so by Soldier Boy. So Butcher teams up with uh, Homelander, basically, or with everybody else, teams up against Soldier Boy. And Soldier Boy is about to take everyone out, but Maeve sacrifices herself to save them. The boys hit him with gas to take him down. Mother Milk tells his daughter, you know, what he does for a living. Butcher has a year to live. Maeve is revealed to have actually lived through that explosion and is living off grid. Off grid. Soldier Boy is placed into deep sleep. Homelander reveals Ryan to the world. And Newman is in power as the VP of Vought. Crazy last episode. Yeah, before we get into a ton of stuff. Not not VP of Vought, but the vice presidential candidate for the United States. Oh, yeah. My bad. But throwing the gas out the window just seemed awfully dangerous to just <laughs> chuck this extremely dangerous gas just out the That's window. disguised in a perfume bottle. Yeah. yeah. That was a really bad idea. But Because anyway, <laughs> the way that Frenchie put it, like, just a whiff of this would send us into a frenzy of death. Yes. And she was like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. she's she's also in the by any means necessary club because she yeah. got kidnapped and you know held and she was about to get her eggs harvested so she was like no we need to get rid of this guy today yeah that whole yeah. nerve gas bullshit no we need to get rid of his ass today mm-hmm. so i guess let's uh let's start with the black noir thing uh getting smoked by homelander Man, yeah. he punched a hole through that man. Yes, so he did. did he? Did he pull? Did he just punch a hole through him, or did he pull like something out of? Yeah, him? Like, well, he I pulled, think he punched, he, he punched, punched a hole through him, and then I think his yeah his organs kind of fell out. Okay, I couldn't remember if he like pulled his heart out or if he just like punched through him. It was like more the combat fatality style, like gotcha. he punched him and everything fell out. Yeah, they, yeah. And then the little the little animals came back to say goodbye. Oh man, and they're yeah, proud of was, them. And yeah, that was yeah. a little cute too. <laughs> You'll get to be with. <laughs> oh yeah, Christ I love the, the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that little stutter oh. was so funny. Yeah. Christ the Lord. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that was, was pretty good. That was a direct nod to Porky Pig. Yeah. Yeah. And then, because that's when he goes back in the other room, and then. Who was a deep Ashley and them were like, where's no, and he's just like, has a very hypocritical oh. conversation. And I thought that a train was going to die that day because whenever Homelander said to a train, the problem that I have with you is that you killed one of your own. I just knew that a train was going to say, you just brought black noir's head in here. Yeah. And then he got lasered. Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. I just knew that A Train was about to say something and then die right then. And he read the room. Yeah, he just looked around, made a couple of little side, and then just, eh, I'll because, pass. <laughs> and I'm guessing 
And then it occurred to me, oh, the reason he didn't say anything is because whenever he whispered, fuck you, Homelander, and Homelander heard, he heard him, it, yeah. and almost like he almost died that day. So yeah, I'm sure that uh he was like, No, I'm just gonna keep my thoughts to myself. Yeah. Because in that moment, that's when Homelander also whispered to the deep, couldn't hear him at the time, but then later, he gave like, yeah, scenes the, later, that's where the he command. Did. Yeah. And that's what mm-hmm. Newman needed. Yep. And then he makes Ashley, he's like, take your wig off. And she's like, what are you talking about? What wig? That was take, trifling. Like, why? Take the wig off. Why? <laughs> you didn't need to do that. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. cool. Like, that was just like, him being terrible. Yeah. But I mean, we know Homelander as, you know, a bully and a terrible dude because to make the deep eat his friend for no reason, like, there's no good reason for that. Yeah. Because uh, that, yeah. like, you would, if, um, if that had been orchestrated by the wife who knew what was going on, that would make sense. But she didn't, I guess, know that he was doing that. So she's not the one who cooked that plan up as far as I understand. Yeah, I'd yeah. agree. But yeah, if, if, if that had been her idea, that would have made sense. But for Homelander to just do that for no reason, he's just a bag of dicks. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about the fight between everybody Maeve was going at Homelander was she not well first let's talk about the conversation that happened before the fighting with the, with the boys uh with um well first because I mean yeah there's there's a lot of conversations that happened I say we talked um, yeah, we talked about the Homelander one we the only one we talked about was when all the boys got together I mean there's about saving each other yeah because there's whenever Frenchie and Mother's Milk are both realizing, like, okay, we're relapsing. And then uh, Frenchie eventually comes up with a solution to, I mean, the nerve gas thing and all of that. But uh, whenever whenever I found out that Soldier Boy was Homelander's father, I said to myself, oh. it did not, a, like, a team up but like Soldier Boy and Homelander being on the same side didn't occur to me. Like that's not something I thought about. That's not something that crossed my mind for how this could go mm-hmm. or how this yeah. like what could lead. Like didn't even. And then whenever I found out he was, it didn't father, cross I was like, Butcher's mind either. It exactly. never, never crossed Butcher's mind either. Uh, but it did for a quick second. Yeah, but I was like, oh shit, that changes things. I don't know what to do. And yeah. then. Whenever he showed up with Ryan, I didn't think that he was just going to, Ryan was just going to be like, hey, dad, let's go do some (laughs) stuff. Like, I didn't think that's how that was going to go. So they got me in a lot of ways. I, because I figured, I was trying to think what information did Newman give him. But then I thought about it. I was like, oh, that's where where Ryan's located. Um, But I definitely, those are two things that I didn't, that, that didn't even cross my mind was that Ryan was going to go with Homelander and like they were going to be good. Yeah. And that Soldier Boy and Homelander could potentially be on the same side because Homelander was like, hey, dad, let's do this. Like, let's let's be on the same side. And Soldier Boy was the one who was like, you're a pansy. Yeah. And yeah, a conversation when they're in whatever room they were in. Where and Soldier Boy's talking to him and make like making it seem like he's coming over to his side or whatever, and then you just see him like 
flip script and then you see butcher in the background just kind of get that smirk on his face that's and... all that that little grin he has <laughs> yeah yeah that was grin. good but because again um you know homelander only wanted a father like that's what he's always wanted and soldier boy talked about how shitty his situation with his own dad was and yeah. how he wanted he to he be a better father than his dad was to him. So I was like, okay, all that means that they are going to be on the same team. And then Soldier Boy was like, I'm not about to father this little bitch boy. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's, that's basically what he said. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Mike, they keep, they keep getting me. They keep leading me to something. And they'd be like, nope, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And so we see, we see Maven Homelander fight, you know. Maybe get her eyes gouged. And Ooh, that was pretty was, rough that was to brutal. see. Anytime I see anybody get their eyes gouged on anything, I'm just like, oh my goodness. Now, with that fight, Homelander was pulling his punches. Do you think that Homelander was pulling his punches because he still loves her or because of those eggs? <laughs> I don't know if he's pulling her if pulling his punches. I think he was. I feel like she. I feel like she's been training, so maybe she got a little strong because she hit him with the Wonder Woman, you know, gauntlets, you know, blocking the laser beam. If I, he could, if he could punch a hole through Black Noir, yeah, he could have ended Queen Maeve with the swiftness. Well, that's where I'm like, I don't know if love. Well, because you love, saw he was like kind of his, pushing her, yeah, relatively love gently. It, love in his own crazy Twisted weird way. way, yeah. So I don't know if it's like because he used to be like in love with her. I don't know if he's still. I don't know if he's there. I think it's he more has like love his, for her. Yeah, it's something. The thing is, I think he yeah. might still be because we haven't. Oh, I guess he had a romantic relationship with Stormfront. Yeah, and when she died, he was hurt. But I mean, the fact that he like went out of his way to say to her, like, "I loved you. I thought we were going to have children together. I thought we were going to be a family." Uh, I I'm wondering if he still has some of that, or if this is a no. You are a vessel that I need yeah. to be alive for the future. So yeah. let me not finish you off. No, that's a good point. While talking about the fights, I got to, we got to talk about the corniest moment of the episode. We need to have a segment where we just talk about corny moments in movies and shows. Because <laughs> this moment right here was so damn corny, and that's the whole Starlight powering up thing. I'm like, for nothing. first of all, it, for nothing. And I'm like, also, <laughs> to, to go like, she's just going to tase him. Pew! <laughs> yeah i'm like come on now that was that was, was like she got she got so much pointless. power that she could fly and all she did was pew. push push him down yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's like really that's and then she that failed was, i was like oh, yeah, oh she done a, such a that's such it. a corny moment it would have been such one thing like moment. even if it's like he gets up and he's like injured in some way just or if he's show. blind even or something where it's like clearly she hurt him and that's like hey she's really powerful if you power her up but it was like a 40 a mile hour wind knocked him down <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was yeah, almost like was... if you were walking very slowly and you like accidentally ran into like a pole <laughs> yeah. yeah but oh it startled me like, like oh, ah, man, i hurt a little bit yeah, yeah. okay yeah. and then you keep going like you may be a little mad about it like damn that didn't feel good and they spent a long time on that too because he even like started like run at her slowly and then it's just like 
yeah, it was that was that was such a funny yeah, moment. That was I'm a telling you. that was a bad cinematic decision, yes. in my opinion. Yeah, completely but I mean, agree. There's there's not a lot of that. Like yeah, that was that so was then, a rare. After after the fight, you know, we see uh, Soldier Boy about to take out basically everyone, and Queen Maeve, you know, comes to save everyone as well. Because he gets the gas, and uh, he was like, "I am not going back there." Like, yeah. and I get that. I was, I was with him on that. I was like, "Yeah, you need to do whatever it takes to not get put back in that tube." Because, uh, nah, you were tortured. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I think they chose to save Soldier Boy because that character was too good. Like, oh, we're gonna have to see Jensen Ackles. Yeah, you, you can't, you can't kill that character off. He did, he did too good of a 100%. job. Yeah, Jensen Ackles, um, uh, he he needs his Emmys. He needs more than one Emmy for this. Yeah, and we kind of skipped over. I know you mentioned the synopsis, but uh, Butcher and uh, Homelander teaming up because Soldier Boy unexpected. versus Ryan. Yeah, that was unexpected. Yeah, and they kind of, again, kind of a weird moment of them kind of looking at each other. Oh, we're doing this together. And then they go after him. And then, yeah. Is the that- enemy of the, my enemy is my friend. And that's something that, like, I predicted would probably happen. Like, depending on how powerful Soldier Boy was, I figured Soldier Boy is going to end up being the bigger problem that Homelander and Butcher are going to have to work together to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and I thought that early. Like, I thought that whenever we found out Soldier Boy was alive and kind of whenever Huey was having the conversation with Soldier Boy and Soldier Boy's like, Bill Cosby is America's dad. And <laughs> he like, makes strong drinks. Uh, yeah. Afghanistan was the good guys. Like, whenever, <laughs> whenever he's going through that shit, I was like, oh, I think that they're going to have to team up to deal with him because it's not good. Yeah, well, uh, I like how they use Ryan as the common the denominator reason. instead of it just being like, because what other reason would you have Butcher and Homelander team up? Because I don't think nothing logically, I don't think Homelander could just be like, hey, we need to team up together because he's more powerful than me. I don't think that wouldn't really work. So I like how yeah. they used Ryan for that. Yeah, yeah he was, he was like the only thing. That was the thing that would have, that was the common denominator. Like you said, the thing that would get both of them on the same side. So, yeah. Um, we see MM tell his daughter finally what he does. And, you know, she accepts it. We see Butcher has one year to live. Now, I think months on the high side. Yeah. I think Butcher's going to, he's going to end up with powers. There's no way he's going to die. He's going to end up with powers. I think he's going to take permanent V. Yeah. I completely agree. Agree. Uh, Maeve and her girlfriend, you know, they're off grid. I'm happy to see Maeve got a nice little ending, even though I don't know how she survived that. But because well, I think they I mentioned, um, who was it that mentioned that the people who got like zapped or whatever you want to call it from uh, Soldier Boy, it's like either you die or you lose your powers. Yeah, like but she also yeah. fell out I of the building. If, if you get hit directly, you just get obliterated. Yeah. Like yeah, but the, she also felt like a hundred-story building. Yeah. So even if she lost her powers, that seems like pretty chaotic. Gradual. She's gradually lost her powers. As she <laughs> we want to. So when she hit the ground. That's when she landed in a dumpster, it. Jordan. We don't, there not, you not go. important. Not important. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. So we talked about Soldier Boy being back in deep sleep, and now so Homelander reveals, you know, Ryan to the world, and we see that guy kind of 
say something to Ryan and Homelander just completely a, lasers him. He threw something at Ryan. I think he threw like a bomb. Oh yeah, yeah. Or and yeah, yeah. He called got, him a fascist or something, or I don't yeah, remember what yeah. it was. He got lasered. And, and then, you know, Ryan looks like he likes it. Was it Todd who it was, was cheering? Todd. It was Todd. Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Todd was the Todd was cheering. And then yeah, Ryan did that little like bright burn smoke smile. Yep. And then last but not least, Newman, uh, what do you say, vice president of the vice US presidential candidate, which means she will probably be the vice president because it's very easy to assume that once the president becomes the president, he's gonna come up missing. And no, now she's gonna pop on live TV. And then I don't know what's gonna happen. So yeah, that's the boys season three. What do you guys rate this season on a scale of one to ten? I'll let David go first. What do you think, David? Golly. Um as I, hmm. I mean, I'd really go like hero gasm is it was just too much for me. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. but I it's still like the story, the I mean, the, the way they develop their characters and I mean, it's just, I don't know, eight and a half, nine. I mean, it's, it's very, it's a very, it's a very well done show and it deserves all the, all the props. What about you, Spencer? What do you give it? I I gotta, I gotta say 10. It's a, it's, it's, it's good TV. I'm right there with Spencer. I'm getting like a nine and a half. I I love the boys. It it just, it's giving me daredevil, like, you know, vibes and feeling like I, I was something refreshing to have and i can see why some of it is a lot um because some of it is a lot but they tackle a lot of things uh one of the things one of the themes that was happening in the show was you know fatherhood and bad fathers because i don't know if we saw huey's dad in this season at all but huey wasn't in this season like huey mentions that he that his dad was, you know, very strong and, yeah. you know, dealt with what ended up happening. And Huey is one of the only people who has a dad who wasn't terrible. Um, Mother's Milk, I guess, would be next as far as having and being a not terrible dad. Because, you know, one of the complaints that Mother's Milk had was that his dad, you know, died hunched over a desk with an obsession and that yeah. he didn't want to step into that same thing but mother's milk is doing absolutely everything he can to be a good father to mm-hmm. his daughter and you know even though i don't even know if we can call him i guess we'll call him slip ups uh even though he had some slip ups like he's yeah. he really Couple is slip ups yeah he's really doing the best that he can and he really is you know a because we don't see a lot of good but flawed, you know, black fathers on television. And yeah. so we saw him, you know, we saw him be flawed and do his best to deal with that and try to address it in a positive way. And we saw him try to make decisions that would be you know, the best for everyone involved. We saw him try to be the bigger person when dealing with somebody who he feels like is poisoning his daughter's mind. And so normally in that situation, we would see somebody who would get immediately violent or, 
you know, we would see somebody who would just start yelling and cussing and making a scene, or we would see somebody who would just disappear. And he yeah. didn't do any of that. So mother's milk is definitely, I, he's one of my favorite characters and I like how he is being represented in this show. I completely agree. And other than that, yeah, we see a lot of trauma, a lot of generational trauma, a lot of trauma directly related to, you know, how impactful one's father is on their lives uh, because we saw Butcher's shitty dad situation. We saw Homelander's shitty dad situation. We see Ryan's shitty dad situation. We see Soldier Boy's shitty dad situation. Like, it's, it's, it's a lot of, like, my dad ruined my future by being terrible and causing me absurd amounts of trauma and you know we see that trauma manifest in different ways for each of the people in the show and we see some of them you know step into that same i guess trauma the trauma that they felt we see them step into doing that same thing because that's all they know uh, we see Butcher pretty much abandon Ryan. Yeah, we see. I mean, that's a. I think that's a lesson that let you know, hey, fathers out there, you gotta stay in your kid's life, or you might have your little butcher. But the problem is, you have to. I mean, if you stay in their life, you need to be a positive force in their life because Soldier Boy had his father, Butcher had right. his father, but they were awful. You're right. They were, terrible and abusive and so you know you have to cultivate positivity and you have to go out of your way to break generational issues and i mean some people would call them generational curses um or you know just those feelings that you have about your father creeping into how you treat other people yeah. Because Spencer just hitting us uh, with knowledge right now, hitting us with power. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. That's what the show does. It, <laughs> it it beautifully sets up all of these things and it talks about them. It shows you how flawed the world is on a large scale and a small scale. Like it gives you so much. It's just such a good show. It's very well written and. Even though it's a show with a bunch of people who can do superpowers and shit, it's one of the most realistic shows that's on TV. You're right. The fact that they were able to do that is incredible because, again, it is able to address like large scale country, nation, worldwide style issues, but it's also able to address to address the things that people go through in their own homes and the struggles, the interpersonal struggles that people deal with. Because again, we saw Homelander having a discussion with himself in the mirror. And that conversation is a conversation that I'm sure a lot of people have had with themselves. And it also you know, expresses that sometimes you have mental health issues and you should address them. Yeah. In a positive well, way. 
because well. when you don't, this kind of shit happens. <laughs> you turn into Homeland. No, no, no. <laughs> you turn into Butcher. Yeah. Well, um, you basically say fuck everybody and by any means necessary. Yeah. Well, with that being said, uh, thank you, David, you know, for coming on again. You know, last minute, Brandon, you know, left us out. Classic Willis. Again. Yep. Mr. Percival, it's wonderful to have you. Thank yeah. You. Thank you, Mr. Here. Jones. So, <laughs> uh, message to everybody. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the LMG Podcast. Don't forget to, uh, you know, like and subscribe on YouTube at the League of Melanated Gentlemen Podcast. And how we end it, we're never duplicated. We're always appreciated. And we are forever melanated. <laughs>